Good morning, Doug. So we are here in the almost middle of the summer, and I know you had an interesting uh, interesting opportunity this past weekend, and it, it stirred something in you about the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I was asked to preach. We were on vacation in the Midwest visiting extended family, and a friend of mine said, would you come and preach for, uh, for me at, at our church? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And so when I showed up, um, at, at the beginning of the second service, especially, which is supposed to be their, their biggest service, he turned to me with this really apologetic look on his face. And he's like, I, I am so sorry. Nobody's here. It's just empty. And I said, dude, it's the middle of summer. Like <laughs> I kind of expected this at yeah. your church, uh, this weekend. And so I, I, we just wanted to just take a moment to encourage pastors. We know that momentum is down giving is down, attendance is down, and it can be easy to freak out in this time of like, oh, everything's going off the rails. And is anybody going to, you know, show up again? Is this the new normal? And so we just want to take a moment to acknowledge that unsettling feeling and uh, that that's pretty normal, but it still is that angsty feeling. I think angsty is the adjective I would use. So Doug, I'm assuming you felt that uh, that angsty feeling. (laughs) Oh yeah. What do you, what lies are you tempted to believe? or what runs through your head when you turn around and be like, nobody's here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like the biggest one is, uh, no, uh, I've, I've, killed this church. It's right. Like, it's like, whatever I said right before the summer, I killed it. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's gone. Uh, I'm sure the elders are all resigning from a volunteer position as we can, as we speak. Uh, I think the funniest is when you, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I've been away for a week or two and I come back from vacation and I see people and I'm like, they probably hate me. Like, it's like, it's this weird. And I think too, I also sometimes feel like it's seeing your ex-girlfriend when you're like, Oh, I didn't know you were still here. Um, but yeah, there are definitely, I think the biggest lie is I've killed this thing. Um, I think too, uh, the, when, when people don't show up, it's like, you're tempted to believe that, that what you're doing, people just don't really care about. And so it's almost like, I feel like I've had to lower my own expectations of the summer to say, Hey, this is let it is going to be light. It is going to be different, but that also means I'm going to have chance to do some things that really help me get ready for the fall. Yeah, and to remember, like I think of the you know you know it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's like <laughs> it's the middle of the summer, but September's on yeah, its way. Yeah, that's good. That's you know? a good word. There is there is life right around the corner, and uh, and it's interesting too because I think. Even in the Northeast, summer physically feels like that. It just feels like it drags and it's slower and it's it's always humid. It's always hot. Um, and it just doesn't feel like there's any relief from it. So just to remember, like the fall's coming. People are going to be back. Vacations are going to be over. We're going to be running at 110 miles an hour until, ad, until Advent's over. So I think just yeah. like embracing that. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Were there tempt? You know, what what are you tempted to believe? Like, what lies are you tempted in? Yeah. In the summer. Some similar to that. I I think I feel it. Some with numbers and budget and, and and momentum and things like that. But I think it's specifically with families or couples where it, you go three or four weeks and you haven't seen them and you're like, oh, they left. Yeah. Right. But you realize like. They were on vacation. Later, you learned they yeah. were on vacation. And then when they came back and they were here, but I was gone on vacation right. or I was gone elsewhere preaching at another church. And then when I come back, they're gone again at some graduation or, ma- or wedding or something. And then you think, 
oh, that's an easy explanation, but I don't know any of that. And so I just think, oh, it's been four weeks. I'm sure they've left. They're going to that bigger, cooler church down the street. And it's just amazing, right? Like some people listening to this may be like, wow, you guys are insecure pastors. <laughs> like, but yes, most, we are. <laughs> but most would probably say, oh, I agree with that. You know. Yes. And so it's a little peaking, cracking open our psyche a little bit. But I think this is the psyche of a lot of pastors. And two people have been incredibly influential in really helping reset my perspective about summer and the low momentum. The first one was a professor of mine in college, Dr. Phil Collins, not that Phil Collins. Dude, that would be awesome. It would be awesome, but it's not him. It's not, nope, not from Genesis, though he taught Genesis. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he's my Bible, Bible and Christian ed professor. Dude, that's awesome. So, but, but Phil was great. But one of the things that Phil said is he actually mapped out on the board and he wrote like Monday or, uh, uh, January all the way through December and the months on the board. And he actually drew almost like a line graph. And he basically said, you know, in January, it's like everyone's back. The momentum is high. New Year's resolutions, right? All that stuff, like hopeful for the future. I'm going to go to church every week. And so, <laughs> and so it's really high, that momentum. That's when you launch new yeah. small groups or cast vision, mm -hmm. you know? And so January, February, March is kind of high. And then you get to April and then sort of April, uh, you know, with Easter, Easter through May, it's sort of a little bit of a downward slide. And then post like, like graduations and things like that, you get into this summer slump of momentum giving and attendance and, you know, people are gone. That's when you don't start new things. But then he said, then you, you use the summer to plan and to be rested because the fall is this growing line higher up the bar graph or the line graph because September schools are in session and whether you have kids in school or not, we just live by the rhythms in Always. America of the school calendar. And so people are back, vacations are over, there's energy, something new. And so you launch small groups or more vision, September, October, November, then you get to like after Thanksgiving into Advent and it kind of slows down. Some of it intentionally, right? right. A season of waiting and reflecting or crazy, Christmas parties every night of the week with work and school and neighborhood. Unless you're a pastor, you're so, not invited to those. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yes. Just kidding. Uh, and, and so there are these almost like two camel humps of momentum and giving and presence and attendance uh, met with sort of this middle trough of summer. And when, when Phil Collins did that for me up on the board, I don't know if anybody else in my class got much out of that, but to me that stayed with me to say, okay, this is normal. This is now some, you know, vacation towns or, you know, big cities like right. DC or New York. That's when people are moving for new jobs. So there may be, but I think in most places in the country, we sort of live by these, this sort of two camel humps from the spring and the fall met by a trough in the summer in the middle. So that's the first one, Dr. Phil Collins. The second one is uh, Lance Ford. And we were just having a conversation in the summer and I was just expressing some of this angst we're talking about. And he said, well, yeah, summer is the church's winter. And then he just kind of moved on. And that statement, this parenthetical statement has really, really stuck with me because I thought, yeah, like you kind of hibernate if you're a bear in the winter, but in some ways you hibernate a bit in the summer when you're a pastor. And it isn't that you don't do anything and you sleep all the time. It's not that you're not working, but you just ratchet down knowing that you're going to be putting the pedal to the metal come in the fall. And so it's a time to reflect and read and rest and to plan ahead with curriculum and teaching series and things like that. And I've always said that if I feel caught on my heels come September, uh, shame on me. 
right? That I had all this summer to yes. prepare and lean in. And I didn't use the summer as a way of thinking long-term or big picture. And so that's really reoriented the summer for me in a really helpful way, giving me permission to say, it's okay to sort of ratchet down a notch or two, knowing it's going to ratchet up three or four come the fall. Yeah. And even paying attention to your, your physical time, I feel like even giving yourself permission to take naps in the summer. Yeah, like I, I know for, for me, that's been really helpful because you're just tired. You're physically worn out. Yeah, um, adrenaline's low. But I, I had a thought. I, I wonder if we could talk with some tech people and develop an app where we can tell where our parishioners are all the time, <laughs> just so we know. Uh, you know, like but doesn't like, Facebook give us yeah, that option? Like Big Brother's watching. You know, like. <laughs> so, but I yeah, I, that's uh, Phil and Lance have really been helpful. Those are helpful uh, to provide from some perspective. So we hope that's helpful for you. Uh, as as listeners here, that if you're feeling angsty or overwhelmed or, oh my gosh, this is the new normal, everyone's left, money's down, we'll never rebound, it's okay. The fall's coming. The fall's coming. <laughs> So Doug, we've been doing Monday Morning Pastor for the last few months, and it's been a lot of fun. We've been kind of figuring out as we go. I think we've gleaned a lot from this, and that's what we wanted to just take a few minutes here is to share with our listeners, what are some of the ways that Monday Morning Pastor Podcast has impacted us personally? And so we've heard a lot of great interviews. We've talked about a lot of things. It's been very raw. We've heard back from a lot of people. Um, Tell us about some of the people that we're hearing back from. What's some of the feedback? So there's a, a former student of mine and a guy, I did his wedding a few years ago. Um, his name's Andrew and Andrew is not a pastor. He actually uh, works with businesses and essentially helping to do um, like Enneagram kind of stuff or like strengths finders, like in the, in the, in that whole world. And he sent me a, a message on Facebook a few weeks ago, just said how he's just loving these conversations and how he feels like this is the kind of conversation that he's been part of in the professional world and coming into this and seeing how that's even happening in the church world has just been super encouraging to him. Uh. Um, so for me, that was, that was just a great, like attaboy, keep going. Um, I think too, you and I were, we, we both got a, a message just very recently from, from a pastor named Steve. And yeah, why don't you tell us about that one? Yeah. Steve just said that, uh, I mean, it's been a really intense season for Steve and, uh, my goodness. Um, just hearing his story and what he's what he's wrestling through right now, um, just unbelievably intense. But he just said that um, he enjoys listening on Mondays and he does a lot of trail runs, and so that he he goes on these trail runs and sometimes pauses it and just to reflect on some of the questions or some of the 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 uh, the interviews and and the resources that we ask on here. And so that was really encouraging. And we've been hearing from a lot of others. Uh, another one uh, that a pattern I'm hearing is when I work out or when yeah, I mow the lawn or awesome. on the treadmill. We're promoting health and, uh, physically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. I mean, I listen to podcasts when I work out or Me mow too. the lawn too. And so uh, if that's you uh, or you're driving around in the car, uh, it's always great. So feel free to find us. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, feel free to email us and um, drop by the, the kairospartnerships.org website. Drop us a line. Drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd even love to hear what are some... Uh, topics that you'd, you'd 
love for us to address that we haven't talked about yet. Um, that certainly would be great. So, um, but Doug, on a more, on a personal level, what are some ways that maybe some of the pastors we've interviewed, how has that impacted you outside of the podcast itself? Wow. There, well, there's been quite a few tears shed um, that people don't necessarily see when when we're doing the interview because we have mm. the gift of not having to be on a video camera. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, uh, just super practically, I feel like each each person we've interviewed and each conversation we've had we've had has really made an impact. But some of the ones for me that's really impacting how I'm thinking through this season of ministry right now is I, I go back to the conversation with Dave Sharps and he brought up, yeah, that was a great one. Oh my gosh. He brought up focus goals. And so I've been working through focus goals over the last three weeks, trying to make sure that, um, you know, and it's family objectives and ministry, um, communication, uh, with, uh, insiders and outsiders under the surface and physical shape. And so I've been working through goals again, just thinking about, how I sense the Lord calling me to to grow, um, even the conversation that I had that we had with Lacey Borgo a few months ago. Um, yeah, another that, great one. I mean, it pushed it pushed me. I listened to that. I you know we part of that. I re and so my here's here's my I listen to Monday Morning Pastor every Monday morning too. Even though I get the beauty of recording this, I feel like I still gleam a ton. Um, but after the conversation with Lacey, I actually, um, re-engage in spiritual, for, uh, spiritual direction. And so yeah, thanks great. to that conversation, I'm back. Um, I've re-engaged with a spiritual director, um, a guy named Owen, and it's just been so beautiful and helpful. That's um, great. Yeah. So, yeah. And for you? those of you who missed Lacey Borgo was episode five. And when Doug was talking about, uh, focus goals, that was, uh, episode six with Dave yep. Sharps. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, just a few weeks ago, we had Dave Eckert on in terms of mental health, and that's really stoked some good conversation. I put that on Facebook and and somebody said, uh, this was really helpful. I, I've, I've been diagnosed with three mental illnesses. So uh, they said, maybe I should get a grant for that. <laughs> but, uh, but they said it's really helpful. And then even just yesterday, somebody up in Bethlehem, PA, uh, I had just mentioned that their own wrestling with some of their mental and emotional health in the last year and a half. And that, that episode is really, really helpful. How do pastors, when we're wrestling with our own mental health issues, how do we do that? And how do we do that healthily? Um, but I think, uh, you know, our friend Josh Meyer, uh, it was episodes 10 and 11, but specifically in episode 10, when he talked about submitting to 10 important people in his life, these five questions, and I'll just list them here, you know, name one thing I do well without putting any effort into it. Uh, two, what three words would you use to describe me? Three, name one area in my life where you see room for improvement. Where can I be better? Four, if you could put me in charge of the world's resources, what would you assign me to do? And then number five, what happens when I walk into a room? What shows up when I show up? Which is just a fantastic question. So I was so moved by that. And we talked about, hey, maybe we should do that. Well, I went ahead and did that and actually asked about, I think I had 16 or 17 people on that list that knew me well, that I thought could be honest with me. And so just finished uh, receiving all that feedback about a week ago and actually spent a summer vacation, about two hours of uninterrupted time. Just I didn't read any of the feedback when it was emailed to me. I, I quickly threw it in a Word document, didn't read it, and then went through slowly and was looking for threads or trends. And just like Josh, and I think Josh got a, probably a little more emotional than I did. Um, he said he was 
left to significant tears. There were no tears for me, but I thought, yeah, wow, that's really affirming. Wow. Um, some things that maybe I felt, but it's amazing when other people see them or even things there were, there was one thing in particular where other people noticed things that they loved. There was a theme between all of them. Uh, but I had never thought about in my own life before. Wow. And I thought, man, I need to lean into that a little bit more. Um, and people said, you're, they said, you're really good with kids. You do that very naturally. Mm. And I thought, wow, I'm just goofing around with kids. <laughs> but, but several said, no, no, you, you really, that comes very naturally to you. Um, and so I'm just saying, Lord, well, what do I do with that? Um, so that's, that was amazing. But, but also where can I improve? I think there were two, two categories. One was, uh, I'm pretty aware that I don't do this very well. And then when other people know, it's like, yep, okay, I've got a pretty good pulse on my weaknesses. Mm. And so seeing those show up, but also some people noticing things I didn't see and mm. some blind spots and going, whoa, uh, wow, I wouldn't have guessed that, but that wasn't just one person that said that. There were there were uh, more than one. And so I need to pay attention to that. So it's been a good process to find those themes, to write them down and then submit them to the Lord. This is very fresh like in the last week. Uh, even this morning, I, I looked at my sheet and just said, Lord, I need you to work in me today in these areas. I need you to help me in these areas. And so uh, I'm hoping that over the process of looking at this, being aware of this, having a plan moving forward, that that will, that will help me a, a great deal. So um, yeah, I always say feedback is the breakfast of champions and it is. Uh, it's great when I can give feedback to other people, receiving it's a little bit harder. But, oh, man, I'm so grateful I took Josh up on that challenge and did that. And we would challenge you all to do that, too, uh, if you're a listener. It doesn't have to be 10. It doesn't have to be 16 or 17, even just two or three people. Um, but, uh, man, that was vulnerable, but it's only when you're vulnerable that you grow. And so wow. that was helpful. That's a really... I feel like what's been so good is when we come to these conversations, I, it's almost like, I feel like there's this sense of normalcy in terms of, you know, these are conversations you and I have had for years and, and thinking through this, but having other people talk about it has just been so, uh, life-giving and helpful. Mm. One of the things that I've really appreciated about you, especially with the, with the, with the Josh Myers, five things. Uh, yeah. You helped me with that feedback. Yeah. But thank you. But I, I just appreciate the fact that that's one thing I've really noticed about you is, and even us, like we've, I'm grateful for the folks who have, who called in very, or, you know, texted us, emailed us, chatted with us about very early on in the MMP stuff, we we were talking way too much in between things saying like, <laughs> yeah, yes. In fact, we should probably do like a giveaway. If you can count how many yeah or yeses or ums we've said in the first three episodes, uh, we'll give you like a free car or something. Yeah, that feedback was valuable. It really was valuable. Yeah. Including my own mother. I said, dude, quit saying hmm and yeah and uh-huh yes. all the time. So yes, thanks, mom. Yes, yes. Thank you, mom. That was actually very, very helpful. <laughs> I think it's really been cool too to to recognize how uh it's been very normal to find folks who say, I'm not a pastor, but this yes. has been super helpful. And even realizing for us, we we want to make sure that it's called Monday morning pastor, but we sense this is for pastors and kingdom leaders. And so you don't have to be a pastor yeah, good to, word. to check this thing out or to be part of this community. They, these are people who are leading. And this is a, in some ways it's a leadership podcast and realizing that 
whether you're a pastor, we we share certain things, but pastors and kingdom leaders all share very similar passions and ideas and and pieces like that. So I've just been really encouraged by the folks who aren't pastors who have been pastoring me through this whole thing and helping us see how this has a bigger shelf life than just the, you know, our moms and dads that are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's been the biggest surprise for me or how many non-pastors are resonating with this podcast. And so that's encouraging uh, deeply. Maybe we should be calling it Monday morning people, yeah. you know, <laughs> MMP, but, but nonetheless, like certainly wanting to focus on pastors as the sharp tip of the arrow, but also knowing that, um, that others in kingdom work, even who aren't leaders, but just are followers of Jesus and are finding benefit of that. So um, I'm thinking of like Clyde at Renew. Yes. Like Clyde's not a pastor, union electrician, but he's really enjoying that. So thanks Clyde for your feedback and we're encouraged that, that that's been helpful. Um, yeah. I just think back of those that we've had on, you know, we had Sky Jatani mm-hmm. uh, right near the beginning and we've had Mandy Smith. Uh, John Han talked about how he almost felt like a stroke victim when yeah. he had a a breakdown. That was that uh, was a powerful conversation. Yeah, that was episode four, and then you mentioned episode five with Lacey Borgo about spiritual direct direction and what is that. And uh, we certainly had that again most recently with Sid, uh, Sid Holesclaw. We talked about Dave Sharps and um, transitions and the future for healthy pastors and belovedness, the focus goals that have been helpful for you. We talked with Jared Mackey, what it's like to go through a divorce and um, what is it, you know, what is that like for him and some of the the shrapnel that's embedded deeply in his in his heart and yeah. soul. And being a single pastor and yeah. what that's like. And I, I've really appreciated that. Uh, I actually had a great opportunity to to further the conversation with Jared just recently. And uh-huh. I'm grateful that this is not just like these interviews, but these are building into community and friendships too. Yeah. Yeah. And we also had Drew Jackson on, uh, pastor in New York city. And what does it go? What does it look like to let go of, a uh, uh, of Sunday? And his ships, and, uh, that, the ship's image yeah. of sitting on, you know, sitting, sitting by the river, watching ships go by that, that has stuck with me. Yeah. And then you and I talked about information does not equal transformation. And, um, you know, even though that was you and I talking, I, you know, it's such a great reminder that we just we're not dispensers of information. Like, in fact, I was just coaching someone this morning up in the Adirondacks uh, via Zoom call, and uh, and he's looking to write a book, and was just saying to him like, if what you're writing doesn't move you, why would we expect the reader to be moved by what you write? Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is with preaching too. Like, if my preparation, if this text isn't moving me why would I expect it to move the listeners? (laughs) And so just the importance of that. And then of course, part one and two with Josh Meyer and then part one and two with Dave Eckert uh, was so rich. And then Sid Holsclaw uh, most recently. So um, yeah, it's been rich. I mean, in some ways it's a little bit selfish. Don't tell our listeners, right, Doug? But (laughs) like we get to learn a lot. We really do. In the process. We really do. We just turn on a microphone and talk. And then listen. (laughs) It's like we're frantically taking down notes. (laughs) We are. It's so fun. We are. It is so fun to learn. And and I love that we don't script this. We take one, we do one take and that's it. That's That's it. it. And uh, whatever comes out, comes out. But uh, the learning that we've been able to have is, is pretty cool. So it really is. And I, I think too, like 
the the crap around your office. I mean, the stuff in JR's <laughs> office uh, has yes. been really great. And the listener, yeah, and the listener whoever who, you are, that filled up my gumball yeah. machine with more gumballs anonymously sent to my house via Amazon. Thank you. He just needs pennies Thank now. You. <laughs> Dude, so. you're going to get a bag of pennies that you watch. No. Um, and I think, too, the other thing is I've just been so appreciative of the, of the level of honesty we've been able to encounter. And again, yeah. we long for this to be a place where people feel safe. There is an interview that jr and i are longing yeah. for you all to hear that we that we recorded a, a month or so ago that is one of the most honest conversations from a pastor and he's still working through whether or not he wants uh wants it to be out there but we're hoping that it will be um because we just long for this to be a safe place for people and where pastors can realize that it's okay to wrestle with these things it's okay to to work through all this stuff and that there are other people that say, yeah, we get it. We understand where you are. And we've talked uh, recently about loneliness and isolation that one of Satan's greatest tools is for us to think as as humans, as Christians, but also as pastors, you're the only one. Mm. No one else is struggling with this. You got yourself into this mess. You're going to have to get yourself out of this mess. And I think that's probably one of the number one lies besides I don't need God is I'm all alone. And Satan does his best work. And, it, you know, Peter talks about, I think it's First Peter, where it says he prowls around like a lion looking to devour. And uh, when we were in the... Uh, yeah, I got to tell this story. I wasn't Go planning on it, but no, this is a great it's story. Yeah. So, uh, so we went on a mission trip to South Africa, and everyone's like, "Are we going to going to go on a safari?" And I was like, "No, we're going to serve. We're there to serve Jesus." And yet, our host surprised us and like paid for all of us to go on safari for for a day, which was just unbelievable. And uh, so we're we're there with our guide Andre, and we're in this big sort of armored truck, and uh, out in the open. Uh, safari there and it was amazing zebras and elephants and giraffes in their natural habitat it was just incredible we're out there and he said look at the impala not the not the car not the chevy impala but the actual animal which is like a it's like a gazelle and a deer mixed together in south africa and most of the african continent so we're going around and he said you'll notice they all stay together you'll never see an impala by themselves and, uh, and I said, well, that's interesting. Why is that? And he said, oh, funny you should say that. He said, because impala run in packs. And when the lion who loves to eat impala, when the lion comes after the impala, um, if the impala stay together and run away together, uh, they're, they, they're, they're going to outrun the lion. But if an impala breaks away on their own, one-on-one, -on -one, impala versus lion, the lion will always win. And uh, what's interesting, he he wasn't relaying this in terms of like how God and his creative work is, but I took it as this. He said, if you look on the butt of every Impala, there are two black stripes. And so what he says is like the 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 brain under stress and adrenaline being chased by a lion, the Impala can't think of much. Hmm. In that stressful moment, the only thing the Impala can think is stare at the black lines of the butt in front of me. Stare at the black lines of the butt in front of me. And so when everybody is staring at the black lines of the butt in front of them, they stay together as a pack. 
That's the, that's the, what their brain, their eyes focus in on. I don't know what the first Impala is staring at because there's no butt to look at. But the spiritual lesson in all of this is staring at the lines of the butt in front of you. Metaphorically speaking, of course, we don't want you staring at butts. You know, we, uh, pure minds, pure minds. But, but that idea that, man, you can outrun a lion, the evil one, when we stay together. When we're in community staring at the black lines, metaphorically, of the butts in our community, of the people around us. Um, but when we break off and say, I don't need that community. I don't need friends. I don't need those people. And I'm all by myself, man. Just like First Peter says, that the that evil one prowls around like a lion looking to devour. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about he prowls. The evil one is prowling around. And if he wanted to take down a church, I think he'd go after the pastor. And so therefore he prowls around looking for Impala who are all by themselves with no black lines to stare at their, no butts of black lines to stare at. And anyway, that, that image just sticks with me from that safari experience. And so in some ways, I hope this, these are black lines on butts, Mm -hmm. this podcast, right? And so uh, if we can, have black lines on our butts, Doug and I, to encourage you all as listeners, as you run to stay together, one of many other uh, gifts that God gives us of the church. And I think that's the way, if Satan's greatest tool is isolation, and you're all alone, and you got in this, you're going to have to get out of this yourself and figure it out, then the, then the role that Jesus plays is to counter that with the, that weapon with the gift called the church, community that we're in this together. And so we just want to make sure that you all as pastors and leaders know you are not alone. We are in this together. Yes. Not only do we want you to stare at the black lines on the butt of MMP, but that we want to stare and we need to stare at the black lines on your butt as well. And uh, I know this is a really bizarre analogy. So if you like came into this podcast, like midstream, this is super bizarre. You're going to have to rewind it to get the full context. But I, I think the black lines on butts in front of us is a really helpful metaphor um, because the evil one wants to just take down people and take down churches. And the way he does that is start with the leadership. And it's almost like, even when you talk about that, there's this sense of grief and both of you and I have of pastors we know that have yeah. left because of this. And, and I mean, the, the church is not in a space of, of flourishing, uh, it is diminishing, but, and I want to use that word again, B-U-T-T, B-U-T, B-U-T. B-U-T. however, however, (laughs) we, I think both of us recognize that this is why these conversations are so important because our, our hope is that 15 years from now, we get to have a part to play and to say, yeah, even though it seemed like things were kind of moving south, like the Lord has worked in such beautiful ways with the remnant of pastors who continue to stay faithful to Christ because they join together and not separating. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, we look forward to future interviews, future conversations mm-hmm. where you all can learn, but also where Doug and I can learn together here. Yes. And uh, it's so great to be a part of something where we're hosting something, but learning so much from those that are on 
the podcast. Yeah. Last thing to kind of leave you all with, we're going to take off the month of August uh, because we are away a lot and we are looking forward to just having the Lord uh, work in us. If we've talked a lot about rest and what that looks like, and we know that for this next season coming up, we really want to enter into it very well rested. Um, but in the meantime, we would love for you to continue to share these uh, these episodes, these gifts uh, with pastors and leaders and folks around you. Um, and we would also, we would love to hear questions and topics and thoughts from you all in terms of things that you would love to hear about. And so we just wanted to say thank you for being with us in this journey in this first season. We're already excited for what God's doing and we're looking forward to what he's going to do in the next season. Yeah. And just as we close out this season here in the next few weeks before we take off the month of August, as Doug said, if you have an opportunity to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate that, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, whatever way in which you get the podcast, uh, leave us a review, be honest about it. We'd love, it would just mean a lot to us if you could uh, just review that and share that with others. But it's been a great first season and we look forward to future times with you and we'd love to hear from you. So blessings to you on your work and be reminded once again, that you're defined not by what you do or how well you do it, but by who you are and most importantly, to whom you belong. Because the gospel is not just something we preach from the pulpit. It's something that's available each and every day to us because we're not just pastors. We are people first. 